What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is, number one, the champion of change, which I love that. The editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, the podcast host of Build for Tomorrow, Problem Solvers, and he has a book coming out in 2022. I'm excited for that. Guys, help us welcome the one and only Jason Pfeiffer. What's up, brother? Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Nice to be with you guys. Definitely, man. Thank I know you, we've been looking you. forward to this one for a while and uh, we finally made it happen, man. So I'm excited to get you on here and I've been yeah. following you for a while. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, man. So, dude, just like just like I like to open up with my podcast, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself um, and tell the audience a little bit about yourself so that way they can get a deeper understanding of how you started um, your career and got into this world of being an editor-in-chief for magazine and all the other amazing things that you do. Oh boy. Well, that's a lot. So I'll keep it brief. I, um, I, so what I, who am I? I'm, I'm the editor in chief of entrepreneur magazine, which means that I get to, uh, I, I have the distinct pleasure and honor of talking with really smart entrepreneurs every day, including exceptionally famous people and the average person who's just making amazing things. And through that, I have also discovered this incredible value that is adaptability. It is my answer to the question of what makes for successful entrepreneurs. And so I've been really fascinated by the question of how we become more adaptable. Why do we not adapt to things? Why do we grapple with change? And that has led me to all sorts of projects of which you listed out some earlier. And how did I get into this? You know, honestly, just a career in journalism. I started out as a newspaper reporter. I went to, into magazines. I bopped around for a while. I tried to figure out what it is that I was good at and what it is that I was interested in. And like anybody, calibrated that along the way and eventually found a place where I feel like I'm at my best. I love that. I love that. And I really want to dive into the fact about you're talking about adaptability. What made you gain that interest and fascination of 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 that topic first off well it just came out of people asking me over and over again when you listen to the questions that people ask you you realize that they are telling you what they think your value is to them and as i started making my way out into the world when i first got this job so this is like 2015 2016 this was the question people kept asking me. They'd ask me on interviews, they'd ask me at events. They'd always want to know what are the qualities that I see that make a successful entrepreneur. And I stepped back after hearing this a number of times and I thought, well, okay, one, I should have a good answer to this question, but two, why do they keep asking me this? And I realized that the answer is because they see me as the guy who's talking to everybody. They see me as the, the guy who has the ability to be a pattern matcher. And so if they understand me to be valuable because of the intersection that I stand in, that I have access to everybody, then that's a powerful thing to leverage. Uh, and also I better make good use of it. I better have good answers. Okay. I better try to understand how patterns are made and what drives success. And, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about it and talking to people about it and finding the commonalities among the people who I meet. And that was the answer. I mean, that's it, right? The, the answer is that is that the most successful people are the most adaptable people because nothing is going to stay the same. Nothing that you build, even if it's successful, will remain successful forever if it just is fixed in place. 
So the thing that makes people successful is their ability to constantly reinvent and to not be overly attached to whatever they have created before. I agree 100% with that. And you can see it, especially in today's world where there's so many new advancements, things are moving faster, businesses are shifting, people need to shift. And if you're not adapting, well, you're going to fall behind. When was it for you that you were like that moment where it was like, wow, this, this is, this is this, like, this is where I figured out everybody's asking me, this is what it is, adaptability. When did you figure that out? Like what moment in your career, how long did it take you to? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that I remember a very specific moment. Um, you know, it's probably that I had an, I, I, at this point, I don't really remember. I think I had a number of answers to this question when people first started asking it to me. But one thing that I really like to do is watch people react to ideas. And by, I do it in interviews where I'll just kind of throw a, a thing that I learned at somebody or I frame it as a theory to have them react to and, um, and sort of engage them on different, different subjects. I do that all the time. Uh, it's sort of an interview tactic of mine. And, and I also found that just themes about adaptability tended to be the ones that people were most engaged on. And it also was just so universal. I mean, I, I, you can, you can talk to someone who's just running like a main street storefront and you can talk to someone who is a globally recognized superstar. I mean, like, you know, literally earlier today, I was, um, you know, I was in the office of a, well, I mean, a globally recognized superstar. So somebody who's going to be on the cover of a future issue of the magazine. And, um, and, uh, you know, we, we were, we had a nice like hour and a half chat and this was the theme that we, that we kind of ended up on because it just, it resonated so much, right. In the same exact way as it would resonate for someone who's running a pizza shop. Like it is, it is the thing that anybody has to deal with. And so, and yet, and yet very interestingly, although it is the thing we all have to deal with, it is the thing that we are all struggling with because Mm -hmm. you can intellectually understand that you have to adapt to things, but that's very different than actually going through the process of abandoning something that you used to be comfortable with or realizing that a thing that you had built no longer works or knowing that you just, you cannot be the same leader tomorrow that you were yesterday. Like these are hard things. And and then you look at you look on a, on a societal scale. They're also really hard. I mean, I, I I get very frustrated by the kind of cultural narratives about decline that we see so often. Oh, social media, everybody's addicted. Like that, that's you know that's like a kind of false narrative of decline based on a misunderstanding of of ourselves and of, of history. You know, like we, we're not on some kind of decline. We haven't built things that break us. It's ridiculous. But that's what happens when you are going through moments of change. Things look different. We start to use things differently. New things lead to other new things. Um, this is just, this is something that we'll, we'll, we'll be grappling with forever. It's a, probably the most universal of human experiences. Oh, 100%. And especially with uh, the pandemic and everything that, that's happened, I feel like I've seen more of, I guess, like a renaissance when it comes to entrepreneurship, even mm-hmm. more so right now happening across the country. Um, with your experience, what do you feel is like, I guess the number one trait or characteristic other than adaptability that you see these entrepreneurs are stepping into the arena? What do they have? Like charismatic, like what's the personality type you're seeing out there? Oh, you know, there's not one personality type because uh, outside of that 
I think that most entrepreneurs, look, I mean, we should, especially because you brought up the pandemic, like we should separate uh, entrepreneurs or sort of self-driven entrepreneurs from necessity entrepreneurs. Right? There, there are a lot of people who uh, come to entrepreneurship out of necessity. They were laid off, uh, their industry changed, whatever it was. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't know what else to do here, but I can, I can start something for myself. And, uh, and, you know, I think that those people have like anybody who gets into it, a, a, like a learning curve, but, um, but ultimately if they stick with it, I think that they will become the kind of person who I'm going to describe in response to your answer, which is that I, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, like a, a quality of entrepreneurs is that they make for really bad employees. Um, you know, they're just, they're not really good at following someone else's lead. They really want to shape something themselves. They, they want to lead. Um, and even though it is hard, uh, brutally can be brutally hard. It is more satisfying to go through that challenging journey than to follow someone else's journey. And, uh, uh, that's a, I've had that conversation with so many friends who are entrepreneurs and, and other people who, you know, who say, I just, I'm, I just can't do anything else. I'm unemployable. Um, nobody would, nobody would hire me because I, I mean, this is not like a, they didn't like go around hat in hand, you know, like, but, um, but like, because they, they want to, they want to come up with their own thing and they want to have control and they want to have an idea, a dream and, and try to see it to reality. And, uh, and, they want to speak in their own voice. And at some point, I think that desire enables people to overcome all the challenges that are inherent in entrepreneurship. You know, there's a line I like, which is, uh, if, if an entrepreneur could do anything else, they should go do that. Mm. But, but the thing is that most of them can't because there's no other satisfying path. And so entrepreneurship is it. I always say entrepreneurs are those people that We'll tackle on the problems that other people don't want to tackle on. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of putting it. And it, and it's and it's funny because it's just like being an entrepreneur. You know, I think I think it's one of those words that everybody. I think Gary Vee said it all the time. One of those words that everybody just wants to slap on their on their bio or slap on their profile, or slap somewhere yeah. because it sounds sexy. It sounds yeah, it's become trendy, very trendy. You yeah. know, it is yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it's just it like, is. it's one of those things where it's like, if only people really understood the true meaning of what being an entrepreneur is and, you know, the s amount of sacrifice and grit and grind that it takes to even be an entrepreneur in the first place, you know, but a lot of people get consumed in only seeing what the aftermath or the after effect looks like. Yeah. Well, look, I think that those people have short journeys. Um, if that's, if that's what they're interested in. Um, I, I, I am very well aware that the word entrepreneur has has kind of outgrown its original meaning. And in a way, I don't think there's a problem. There's not a problem with that, mm -hmm. right? And part of that is because I think that I think that we've evolved the word entrepreneur to be a mindset as much as it is anything else. I or think mm -hmm. you, you can and should be able to claim yourself as an entrepreneur and still like work for somebody else in some way, right? Because you can, you can be, you can be growing something on the side. You can be entrepreneurial, right? uh, kind of creating new opportunities for yourself inside of a, a you know, an existing uh, organization. You can just have an entrepreneurial approach to life where you're, you're identifying things that you want to create for yourself and you're going out and you're building them. Um, I, you know, I, something I always say when I go out and talk uh, to industry groups or whatever is, is, you know, I say, look, I'm going to use the word entrepreneur a lot in this talk, but 
my definition of entrepreneur is someone who makes things happen for themselves. And so even if you don't identify with the word entrepreneur, um, even if you think that it means like some specific kind of business ownership, uh, I really would encourage you to use it for yourself because I, I think that it's, it's just a good way of identifying a kind of style of thinking. And, um, and that also puts you in a, in a group of people who can learn from each other and can inspire each other. And I think that's great. You know, like I, I this, I not, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't spend a lot of time, um, uh, losing sleep over people using the word entrepreneur because they don't fit this or that. I love, I love that. And, and since we're on the entrepreneur topic and name uh-huh. and you are the editor in chief on entrepreneur, yeah. what is, what would you say as far as entrepreneurship, what is the true essence and meaning behind the entrepreneurship magazine? What do they hold as far as the meaning for entrepreneur? Entrepreneur magazine? Uh, I mean, my, my vision of entrepreneur magazine is that it is a place that speaks very directly to the thing that every entrepreneur has in common, um, which is not about a specific amount of revenue or not any one kind of particular career path. What I found pretty early on as I was talking to entrepreneurs of all kinds is that the thing that they all have in common is the experience of entrepreneurship, the lonely, crazy making, problem solving experience. That is what ultimately can unite people. And that's the, that's the reason why I can, I, I, you know, I, I can connect just as easily with somebody, like I said, who's like running a pizza shop on main street and with a global celebrity is because they're both, they both have relative to each other. They both have the same experience because the same emotional experience. Um, and, uh, and so I think speaking to that is a powerful thing because people need to know that even when they feel alone in that they're not, they're actually quite together. And, it is really useful to see how other people grappled with problems that they did not foresee. And so the magazine that we make is one that I hope helps people feel like they are not alone in that journey and that they can come away with all sorts of insights about how to think more creatively about what they're doing and get through the journey themselves. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And with all these entrepreneurs and everybody from the pizza shop and all these people that, that you speak to on a daily basis, yeah, where do you feel in this industry the new entrepreneurs are coming from? Which industry is really pushing the, I guess, the, the, the belt or the curve of innovation and pushing everything to the next level? Oh, I don't know that there's one answer to that. Uh, I mean, obviously, the pandemic has shifted w- what industries are in particular demand and that's going to drive new innovation in those spaces. Those are in the most random kinds of things, right? Like the, the mosquito control industry actually like boomed during the pandemic because people were at home more. And so they wanted to spend some more time outdoors and they really hated mosquitoes and started hiring mosquito control. And that meant that there was a, a rush of new entrepreneurs in the mosquito control space, right? Like it's just so random, but, um, but actually I think the mosquito control example is, is a good one of a, of a broader answer to your question, which is that I think that the real excitement that's here now and is going to be, you know, growing even more is going to be in really unsexy spaces. Mm-hmm. Just the things that we think of as pretty boring and that we're not, 
you know, most people maybe aren't paying attention to, I think are ripe for innovation. And that can be everything from transportation to, um, you know, education to insurance to home heating and anything like that is, is I think where there's just so much opportunity tech infrastructure. I mean, just think about there, there was not, there was not nearly the demand for investment and innovation and tech infrastructure until everybody started being remote. And suddenly it's like, Oh my gosh, if we can, if we can improve tech infrastructure, we're like golden here. So, uh, so I think that's, you know, that's where a lot of opportunity is. I obviously people are going to come up with cool, fun, flashy, whatever's, but I, I'd say that if you, if you were looking to solve a problem right now, I would say, um, go solve a very boring problem. Mm, Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I I love that. And I, and, and it goes back to, again, as entrepreneurs, adaptability, being able to adapt with, you know, what are the opportunities what do we see that we can uh, capitalize on? Or what can we see that we can, you know, basically problem solve and create a solution for? Yeah. So for you, Jason, what has been that, that moment of adaptability for you um, currently and recently? Uh, well, I have, I, I, I mean, look, I've gone through so many of them. Um, when I started as an entrepreneur, I wasn't, I, I didn't think of myself as being in, in a kind of role or even capability to even have the kinds of conversations that we're having right now. I saw myself as just a pure journalist and a magazine editor and my job is to come in and like edit magazine stories. And then I became editor in chief of entrepreneur magazine and the world just started treating me differently. They didn't really understand me to be a journalist in the way that you guys don't seem to right? Like they think of me as a, as a kind of thought leader in the space. And, uh, and, and at first I just did not know what to do with that. <laughs> it just wasn't a role I had played. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't have a model for it. It was, I was uncomfortable with it. I was completely uncomfortable with it, but I realized there's a giant opportunity. If I can figure it out, if I can like understand what it is that people are if I can understand what people understand me to be and then rise to that occasion, um, well, that's powerful. That means like reevaluating a whole bunch of things. Why do I do the work that I do? Who am I? Um, does this fit into my broader mission? Do I even have a mission? Like it was just a lot of questions you got to ask yourself. And, uh, and I ultimately came to a place where I, like it made a lot of sense to me and I did it on my own terms. And, um, and I, I found things to talk about that I was really passionate about and a, and a, and a, and a, and a way into this subject that I think was equally resonant for me and for others. And, uh, and, and then I, you know, I had to learn a bunch of different skills, how to talk on microphone and how to give talks on stage and was all this stuff. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's an, it's an ever going project it started in 2015, 2016. And, uh, here we are now uh, some years later, and I think it'll continue to be a project, but, but I know that it is an exceptionally gratifying and transformative one. And it has helped me think differently about my own life and career, as well as, uh, the kinds of kind of work that I can do and the, the, the way that I can like, what, 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 what am I to people and what can I offer people? And, uh, and that's a process worth going through as weird and slow as it can be. 
Well, all I can say is that with that process and learning experience, I'm excited to really get my hands on that new book of yours coming out, which I want to talk a little bit before we wrap Thanks. things up. So yeah. if you don't mind sharing, what, what, what can you share from your book? Can you share the title? Can you give us a little description on it? Yeah. So the book, much like my podcast, uh, not much like exactly like my podcast is called Build for Tomorrow. It'll come out September 6th of 2022. And it is very much about the kinds of things that we're talking about. It's about it's about adaptability. So it's framed around this philosophy that I have that change happens in four phases. The first phase is panic and then adaptation, then new normal, then wouldn't go back. And the point of the whole process, I think, is to get to wouldn't go back as fast as you can and then help others get there too. Because wouldn't go back is where you say, I, you know, I made some kind of change that's so valuable to me that I wouldn't want to go back to a time before I had it. That's the power of change is, is that it's, you know, you, when we start change, it often looks like loss and it feels like loss. And I think that's why we panic. And it's only later that we see what the gain was. And we understand that there wasn't actually a loss. What there was, was addition that, and this new thing got blended with the old thing. And, uh, and, and it left us better than we were before. And so how do you get through that? Um, what tactics can you use? Uh, I, I, the book is full of stories from, you know, like I said, kind of, somebody running the pizza shop and the global celebrities, uh, a big range. Also lots of lessons from history, uh, the history of innovation, what we can learn from, you know, why people were initially resistant to the car and to the automatic elevator and what it is that got them over it. And, and what lessons can we take there and apply to the things that we're grappling with today? Uh, and a lot of exercises to help throughout. So I, I hope that it is a really useful book for people and also a fun one. You know, I, I, I basically have took, I took the last six years of my life and research and experience and, uh, and tried to make it as useful as possible to people. Oh, I'm excited when that book comes out. So September, what was the date again? September, S September 6th, mm, 2022. So we're, we're getting our hands on it. Ooh. Yeah. Get it. You, you can, you actually weirdly, um, because I, it's funny. I didn't even know. Nobody told me this. Uh, and then I just found it one day. It's already on Amazon. So you technically could pre-order it. Oh, come on right. now. So how about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, if you, if somebody pre-orders it, they will be uh, certainly among the first because we're uh, nearly a year away from actually releasing and I'm not pushing pre-orders for a long time, but it's there. It's there. So if you're excited, you, you can it. go get it. You guys heard it. That plug just got thrown in there. The You can pre-order one right now on <laughs> Amazon. Come on guys. Let's get that? those pre-orders up. Will you be you got doing, it? Will you be doing any uh, speaking tours uh, for your book or or no? Yeah, I'll be. You know what? There's unless your name is Malcolm Gladwell, it doesn't make sense to do like a traditional speaking tour where you like mm -hmm. go to bookstores and stuff. Um, so my what I'm going to be doing is a absolute ton of speaking at events and speaking to companies. Right? People, companies reach out to me all the time. Hey, can you talk to our staff or whatever? And so I'll be doing that with with a bunch of, you know, books in hand. Um, and, uh, and I speak regularly at industry events and conferences. And so I'll be, I'll be very busy through that, but yeah, you know, the old, it's funny, the old speaking tour route is, is not one that most people do because, uh, it just doesn't make that much sense. It's like, why, if you were to step back and, and assess, you know, kind of effort and outcome of basically anything you do, you look at something like that and you're like, okay, well, wait, why would I, travel around and try to get an audience to come to me when I could go to an audience, right? If like, if there's already an audience in a bunch of places, why wouldn't I do that instead of bother trying to get people into a room? 
Why, why try to get people into a room instead uh, when you could just go to the room where people already are? That's uh, that's how I tend to think of things. So, uh, you know, like w- w- what's the best um, mixture of, uh, of effort and outcome? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes 100 complete. Now, if you decide to come to Miami, you just let us know. I, I will. I will. I've been, I, I know Miami very well. I'm, uh, I, I was, uh, I, I was raised in Coral Springs, Florida. Uh, I'm wearing, uh, we're, we're on zoom right now for your listeners. We're not going to see this, but anyway, I'm currently wearing a, a, Ooh, a Miami. Yeah. Miami. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So, uh, so I know Miami. I love it. I love it. Damn. We got a Miami fan here. I love, I love it. it. Guys. Yeah. Um, I just want to, uh, first of all, let the audience know, please, please, please go and support Jason. Please get those pre-orders. And um, I want to give the floor off to you real quick um, and yeah. just give you a moment to be able to share all your plugs, how people can <laughs> get connected with you um, and how people can find you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. As if the pre-order thing wasn't a plug enough, <laughs> but I'll say, uh, I'll, I guess I'll say, look, two, uh, two other things I'll tell you. Number one, uh, so I have this podcast called Build for Tomorrow, just like the book, Build for Tomorrow. So um, that is where I, I challenge, I, I take stories that we tell ourselves that hold us back from progress and I, cha- I challenge them. I show you why you shouldn't be worried about them. And uh, and so it is, it's a really optimistic show that people have told me changes the way that they think. And, and I hope that you'll check it out. And then... Uh, uh, and then, um, you know, reach out to me on social. I'm, I'm, I'm there. You guys know it, uh, at Hey Pfeiffer, H E Y F E I F E R, wherever you, uh, wherever you find your socials, uh, I'm there. You guys heard Instagram it. Instagram in particular. You guys heard it. Jason, something we like to, we always like to do, um, before we wrap things up, we always like to do a quick little burnaround of okay. quick little questions. Brian, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what is the most exciting thing that you're looking forward to going into 2022? Oh, well, I mean, look, that's easy. I don't mean to turn into another plug for the book, but everything's going to be about the book next year. So I'm really excited to get that out. Book. You guys get the books. Brian. Oh, I love it. And this won't be quick. Do you think that we're still in the great resignation or do you think that's going to stop with everyone leaving their uh, jobs? Oh, um, I think that I, I, I don't think that um, a finite time is the right way to think of that. I think that the great resignation is the first phase in a much bigger conversation that we're going to have about the nature of work and what is meaningful work and what is the best structure of work and how should people be compensated for their work and how flexible should employers be with their employees. And that is not something that I, you know, there's, there's this, constant assumption that, well, eventually people will like run out of money and they'll have to come back to these jobs. I, I, I just don't, I don't think it's that simple. Um, I think that we're going to have a really interesting conversation about work and it's an overdue conversation. And like anything else, like I said, you will get to that wouldn't go back moment, whatever it looks like in the future where we'll say, I'm really glad that work looks like this and not that. Amazing. I definitely agree. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to all be talking about it later on. Last and final question, Jason. What is yep. the single best piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today in one single sentence? In order to be good at something, you have to be willing to be bad. That is something Ryan Reynolds told me, and it couldn't be more true. You got to powerful. You got to be you got to be willing to be bad. Guys, you heard it from Jason himself. In order to be good at something, you have to be willing to be bad first. So guys, if you got value out of this podcast, um, if you're excited and you want to connect with Jason, please go do so right now. Go get his book again. And uh, please... 
drop us a, a review, leave a rating, like, share, comment, um, and just show us some love because the more love you show us, the more love we can show back. Guys, next time on the Sweat It Out podcast. Appreciate it.